Hey everyone, Mad Max here, and I want to tell you about my bookie. They are the industry's leading online sportsbook and casino, and boy, do they have you covered. MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, college ball, soccer, MMA, boxing, and more. Sign up now using the promo code ABSOLUTEDGEN. My bookie will meet you halfway up to $1,000 when you deposit. Whether you're at home or on the go, on your laptop or on your phone, it's only a few clicks away from placing your bets and making some money. Bet, win, and get paid with my bookie. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here, and it's Thursday after the Daily Show, which means we are talking UFC. What's going on, James? What's going on, mate? I think this is like the first time I've seen the introduction in full action. I must say, I love it to bits. I love the, the Hot Fuzz style intro there. But uh, no, I'm doing all right. Thank you. about yourself, mate? Yeah, no, very good. You, you struck me <laughs> as a Simon Pegg sort of fellow. So <laughs> Literally, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of the trilogy, but Simon Pegg all the way. There you go. What's going on, Mason? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. Last week, Mason, we didn't have a great UFC card. Uh, we didn't do so hot. In no, yeah, no, it wasn't the best of cards, but we've got, we've got an exciting card, I think, this weekend. So I'm sure, it'll be a lot better. Oh, hopefully, it'll I don't be think a lot it's better. the best on paper. Not think- on paper, but I think it's got the ability to have some decent fights on there. A few knockouts. Got some action. Yeah, when- I think. One thing that surprised me when I looked at this card overall, it does look like the favorites are. <laughs> the, it looks like the favorites are going to have a good night on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, to say the least. I, I don't see a lot of wiggle room for upsets in this one, honestly. But mm. let's shit, man. Let's just get to it, James. What's the fight you want to start talking about first? Well, I mean, obviously, it's headline two five eight by Tamaru's men versus Gilbert Burns. I think that's out of the. Out of the fight card, that's probably the go-to stand-up fight. Obviously, the main event, I'm very much looking forward to it. With Usman on his 16-fight winning streak, the perfect 11-0 record in the UFC, fresh off of that victory over Jorge Masvidal, who initially replaced uh, Gilbert Burns on short notice in July. The win against Masvidal was his second successful title defence, and and in his first, he dispatched Kobe Covington via TKO in December. So I think we've all been impressed with Kamaru Usman, but... I think a lot of people have given him some sort of slack whereby he's not the true champion in a way, but I think a win over Gilbert Burns, I think he's pretty much there or thereabouts or nearly there just to sort of wipe out the division in a way. I think the only true contenders that stand in his way next are probably Edwards and maybe a rematch with Covington again. And then if, Ch- if Hamza Chamayev can get through Edwards, then maybe Chamayev. But uh, if he gets a couple more wins under his belt, then I think fans will sort, sort, of, sort of start to appreciate uh, Kamaru Usman a little bit more. And obviously, Gilbert Burns and Kamaru Usman, they used to train together for years at Sanford MMA in Florida. And it, even with Usman and Burns' corner at some of the fights, which is a bit of a weird one, so they know each other very, very well stylistically, whether they've adjusted their tactics ahead of the fight just to sort of just get under one uh, each other's skin a little bit because if they know each other's game style going into the fight, then it'll be a bit boring because they know each other, they know that, how to read the, the opponent's game, but if they're mixing it up, then it's got all the ingredients to be a great fight. Obviously, Gilbert Burns, for the past couple of years, he's sort of gone up and down to 155 to 170, but he moved up to his natural weight class, I think, in 2019, which is obviously 170. He's looked more effective at the heavier weight, and I think he may have been sort of sapping that sort of strength and explosiveness by cutting down to 155. Personally, I think Burns, I don't know, he's fantastic when it comes to submissions and with his BJJ skills, but I think 
uh, Usman is excellent at both takedown defence and using his strength to gain superior positioning against the cage. And you see Usman, he has a history of like neutralising grappling specialists like Maya and like Sanjo. So if he can make this Kamaru Usman fight, then I can see him dominate in five rounds. But personally, you can't rule out Gilbert Burns because he hasn't proved as a striker. He's looked excellent on his fight, uh, excellent on his feet in previous bouts against Woodley. Uh, has fought very tense delivery recently and allowed him to dictate the pace. So don't expect... I, I don't think you should sleep on Gilbert Burns, although... Eventually, I'm, I'm probably leaning towards Kamara Usman on this one. I think Gilbert Burns has got more ways to win just because of his sheer well-roundedness. But I think if Kamara Usman controls the fight in the way he likes to and usually does, then we'll probably see a decision victory for Kamara Usman. You going to bet that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd say I'm pretty confident in that. <laughs> All right. We don't have the prop bets yet, just, just the normal money lines. So we'll keep an eye on that. But So I got you down for an Usman decision. Mason, what about you? Well, I'm quite similar to James on this one. As we know, Kamaru Usman and Gilbert Burns trained with each other for years over in Florida. And now Usman has started to train with Trevor Whitman, the head coach of, as we know, Justin Gaethje as well. And this fight, I'm really looking forward to. I've seen a lot of people discredit it kind of online just because it, it looks like it could be a grappling match. And as the casuals would say, that's a boring fight, but for <laughs> diehard MMA fans, it, it's really not. A masterclass on the ground is just as good as, well, not as good, but is 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 good to watch. But I I've, I could go two ways on this. If it goes, if it stays standing, similar to the Covington and Usman fight, I would edge it towards Burns, but I think Usman is going to try and take him down, and I think he's going to be too strong and too dominant in the wrestling aspect. The only way on the ground I see Burns winning is as he's a BJJ black belt, I just, if he sneaks a submission in there, but to be honest, I'm going to bet Usman via decision like James decision as well. All right. Usman is minus two fifty nine right now at pinnacle minus two seventy at my bookie promo code. Absolute mm-hmm. DGen. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty heavy favorite. I can't quite get there. I, I agree he's going to win, um, but yeah. it's a little too high of a price. I can't bet Burns because I don't think he has really much, you know, a shot, a chance in hell. I think, you know, I think Usman's going to come out there and, you know, do his moves where he stomps on your foot like a bitch and uh, he's going <laughs> to lose. So, yeah, I'm definitely leaning Usman. Ironically, if it would just get a little bit, if the money would trend the opposite way, if this would get, you know, go from 259 down to like 250, 240, I could actually bet Usman, but right now I got a layoff of it. But I think you guys are probably right. All right. Next up, James, what are we looking at? Next up on my uh, list, I've got the co main event between Mace Barber and Let's Grow. So. Barbara, obviously, she was nicknamed the future because she was hyped as a future champion when she first, in her first couple of bouts. I mean, the 22-year-old began a UFC career with three straight TKO victories over Cyphers, Aldridge, and uh, Gillian Robertson. And she's coming off of her first career loss. As it's fair to say, she was uh, dismantled by Roxanne Madaferi over 15 minutes last uh, January. But it was unfortunate in a way for Macy Barber because she injured her ACL in the process, which is sort of delayed her return to the octagon and I mean 
with an injury like that during a fight, I mean, it definitely sort of hinders your performance for the rest of the fight. And you could clearly see that Baba was really hurt going into the final couple of rounds with um, Modafferi. She has fantastic striking, Baba, and power for the division. And you know, while Baba prefers to sort of keep the fight standing, she's got a very strong wrestling ability on the mat. And she is best when she can advance and attack with punches while overpowering her opponents in the clinch. And she's got a nasty ground and pound. And, with Alexa Grasso, she's coming off of a unanimous decision victory with uh, over Ji Young Kim. And it's, it's a bit of a shame with Grasso because she's got the potential and she's just sort of alternated wins and losses over her last six fights. And if she can get some sort of consistency going, then maybe she can push her way up uh, the contention and up the division. But um, with Grasso, she's an excellent boxer with a strong technical striking approach. She's got a great kickboxing background as well but we never really tend to see it in in the last couple of fights so if she can adopt her versatility and her versatile striking then maybe we could see Grasso get the better of Macy Barber but both are extremely young fighters who are just they've got a lot of hype behind their name especially one more on Barber's end with Grosso if she can get the big win over Macy Barber I'll certainly push her way up the rankings and maybe a top five contender next. It's a really close one to call. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if Barbara can sort of, if she gets, uh, if the what if the going got tough and she may have to resort to the wrestling takedowns and getting the fight to the floor, then maybe I can see her getting the victory. But if Grasso adopts that sort of kickboxing style and her wide range, well-rounded striking, then maybe Grasso could edge it. I think this one does go the distance. I don't think we'll see a knockout. But like I said, if Barber can sort of stick to the takedowns and maybe the, that, burst, um, that brutal ground and pound ability, then I think she'll be a strong bet to bounce back and bounce back with a win. So I'm going to go for a Barber by decision. All right. Mason? Um, I, I like this fight, just not as the um, co-main event to this card, but we deal with what we've got. I, I agree with James there. If Grasso adopts the kickboxing style during this fight, it could be a tough night at the office for Macy Barber, but I think if that does happen, I think she'll go to her wrestling ability and take the fight to the ground, and then I think she'll dominate there. I'm going to lean this fight. I'm not going to bet, but if I was, I'll lean uh, Macy Barber by decision. Lean the decision. Okay, got it. Yeah, this is like, man, this is close to call. Uh, Barber's minus, or excuse me, plus 106. Rosso's minus 121. And I can't get to either either fighter in this one. I've got this almost almost a coin flip. Mm-hmm. So man, this is it really is a big fight. It is a tough one. I'll lean with you guys on Barber just because she's getting the plus one hundred six. But I I can't bet this one. It's too too much too too much, James. <laughs> You're crazy, man. <laughs> All right, next up, what are you looking at? Next up, I've got Calvin Gaslin versus Ian Heinish, which uh-huh. again, it's, it's another bit of a banger, to be honest with you. Heinish uh, is, is Muay Thai, looked very sharp in his previous fight. But I mean, that's fair to say against Jamir Sharp, which was his last bout back in early last year, I think. He's more of a grappling specialist, uh, Mir Sharp, who has never looked comfortable on his feet whatsoever, and Heinish made easy work of him. And Calvin Gaslin comes into the fight as the number, one, uh, number nine ranked contender in the middleweight division, despite losing three consecutive fights. And Again, with that being said, each of those defeats came against some real tough guys against, obviously, Adesanya, Downhill, and Jack Hermanson. So mentally, he must be in a tough spot right now. But if he can sort of get over those three losses in a row and, you know, we see the old Kelvin Gaslam, then maybe he can, maybe that's enough to get the job done over Ian Heinish. And that will definitely be 
the confidence booster he needs to eventually push his way up with Gaslam. He's a bit of a household name in the middleweight division. He's a solid wrestler, but is more well-known for his hand speed and boxing. He prefers to slip in, into the pocket where he can do damage in Heinish. Again, as I said, he's got very good Muay Thai striking and he's shown improvements in his striking game in recent fights. I'm very much looking forward to this one. You look at Kelvin Gaslam, he stood toe-to-toe with the best striker, in, in, well, arguably one of the best strikers in the world, Nandesanya, and landed a lot of significant strikes. So if Ian Heinish pushes forward with those Muay Thai strikes, then you can expect Kelvin Gaslam just to absorb those shots and push forward and you know deliver and land some heavy, brutal shots of his own. Gaston's boxing technique and power and ability to win in the exchanges should probably allow him to damage Heinish over three rounds. Heinish is tough as nails and has never been finished by strikes, I don't think, off the top of my head. I think with three of the four, three of Gaston's last four fights going the distance, I can see Kelvin taking this one five points. I don't think we'll see a finish in this one. You going to bet it? Yeah, I think, as I said, with Gaston's Last couple of fights going the distance. I don't think he'll get the finish in this one just because of how tough Heinish is, but just because of the sheer quality in Gaston's stand-up game, I think he'll just outpoint Ian Heinish for a decision. Okay, got you in for the decision bet. I, re- I really like this fight, and I don't at the same time. Being a big fan of Kelvin, it's a this is, to me, it seems like this is a make-or-break fight. He's now ranked nine in the division, Ian Heinrich is ranked 15. As we know, a couple of years ago, Kelvin was contending for the title and three losses in a row. He, I wouldn't say his career has gone downhill, but it's taken a bit of a detour, as you'd say. If he wins this, great. He'll probably move up to move up one or two places in the ranking. But if he loses, he'll slip down and there's only so many fights a fighter can lose in a row. Yeah. D- disregarding Cowboy... Um, for Dana to cut them. Just look at Yo- Yoel Romero, who was on, what, three, four fight losing streak, was one of the top names in the middle weight division. He's still been cut, but this one, I think I think Gastelum, he's, he's going to want to get back in that title picture. He was in a very close fight with the champ, Israel Evesanya, and depending on another night, he could have won that fight, depending how it went, but the, this one, I fit, see it being, a, being close, but... I'm going to edge Gastelum by decision. I just think he's going to use his wrestling and take take him down, even though he's most recently been seen striking a lot. I think he will lean on his wrestling quite a bit to get the win after a few fights of losing. But yeah, I'll bet on Gastelum by decision. All right, Gastelum is uh, minus 214 and Ian is plus 181. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit closer than that that uh odds indicate i i think ian's got a real shot to win here Indeed. I, I think kelvin's probably gonna <clears throat> probably gonna win the fight i i think that's probably most likely but a plus 181 you got to take a shot so i'm gonna bet ian to win the fight plus 181 um yeah it, i i i just don't see that this is a let's see according to the odds Kelvin's 69% chance to win and Ian's only like a 35% chance to win. Yeah. I, I think it's a lot closer than that. So this is uh, I'm taking a shot here. I think Ian might be the most likely underdog to win Saturday. Well, I've learned my lesson arch in recent weeks of disregarding your bet, So I'm not going <laughs> to say anything on this one. All right. Guess who's back back again. 
my bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJs. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy, insane, maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. James, you got any other bets? I think this is the final one at the top of my head. Uh, the main uh, feature bout on the prelims between Rodolfo Vieira and Anthony Hernandez. I think Brazilian jiu-jitsu fans will, pardon my French, be creaming themselves over the return of Rodolfo <laughs> Vieira. Because you look at Vieira, I mean, he's one of the most decorated Brazilian jiu-jitsu players to ever hit the mats. And he's dominated his time on the uh, international and May circuit before joining the UFC in 2019. You, you, you just look at his fights. I mean, they do not go the distance. They'll be lucky to go past the second round just because of how aggressive he is on the map and taking you to the floor and looking for that early submission. He tapped out Oscar uh, Pachota after two rounds in his Octagon UFC debut. Then he needed less than five minutes to do the same to Saperg, uh, Safarov in March 2020. He has submitted six professional opponents and stopped the seventh with the ground and pound. I mean, the, the bloke is brutal. And with Anthony Hernandez, again, in I think it was, his, it was either his first or second UFC uh, appearance. I think it was his first where he fell victim to an anaconda choke from Marcus Perez. <laughs> and to say the least, it's a bit of a disappointing performance because you look at Marcus Perez, he's not the best to say the least when it comes to wrestling and submission's not really his style of uh, play in a go-to fight. So if you're going to get submitted by um, Perez, who's a very limited wrestler, then you'd be really you'd be really worried going into this fight with Rodolfo Vieira, who's just highly decorated on the BJJ scene. I think just because of his sheer ability and sheer explosiveness right from the get-go to get the fight to the floor, uh, um, it's, all the signs and all the fingers are pointing towards a Rodolfo Vieira in this one. It just depends. You can bet any round, to be honest. Uh, Rodolfo's going to get it done, whether you fancy him getting it done early with inside five minutes or... Uh, just before the the final buzzer at the end of the third round. So I think just like I said, because of how explosive he is and the way he bullies opponents to the mat, he'll look for the early submission. I think Rodolfo Vieira will get it done inside one round by submission. Submission. All right. I, I agree with James on this one. I'm not going to bet, but just how accomplished Vieira is on the BJJ scene, it's quite hard to um, bet against him on this one. Anthony Hernandez, he's a good fighter, don't get me wrong, but he's going to struggle just by the submission attempts from Vieira. I'm not going to say around, but I've got Vieira via submission as well. Vieira by submission, got it. You're just leaning that way, though. You're not going to bet it. Yeah, I'm yeah. just leaning that one. Okay. 
I yeah, I think Rodolfo is going to come out and just massacre <laughs> and poor Anthony. Uh, Rodolfo is minus three ninety one right now, right about there. Yeah, even minus four hundred at some books. I, I do think he wins, but I, I can't put up that kind of money on him. So mm-hmm. I'm leaning that way as well. But uh, yeah, I think James has got an easy bet win right there. All right. That's it for you, James. Yeah, I think that's all it for me. Mason, who are you looking at Saturday? Um, another one I like the look of. I like the fight that is Julian Marquez versus Marky Patolo. Um, Julian Marquez, as we know, very powerful middleweight got multiple stoppage wins and he's got some power in them hands. He's not fought in two and a half years though, which could be a big factor in the fight. But sometimes I'm not a big believer in ring rust, but the most recent one I can remember of ring rust being a factor is the Santiago Ponzinibbio fight a couple of weeks ago. That played a part, but with Julian, I don't, I'm not sure if it will. Obviously two and a half years is a really long time of not competing in the sport. Which is well, which is your job, and I think he's going to want to come back with a real bang on this one. I've got Julia Marquez via TKO stoppage. Marquez TKO. Okay. Any round or just now? Just TKO. TKO anytime. Anytime. Okay. James, what about you? Ring rust coming into play here. I mean, I've spoken to you for you know, God knows how long. You know my thoughts and yeah, yeah. fighters coming back off of a long layoff. But I think with this one with Julian Marquez, I can see him. I, I agree with Mason. I think he will get the finish. I mean, you look at some fighters coming off of a, a long layoff; they tend to do abysmally on their return just because they haven't had that experience and that Oscar time. I, I know Mason, you're touching go with the the ring rust, but I truly yeah. believe in it. If you're, if you're being inactive and you're not competing in the cage against the top contenders and you're going to throw your hat amongst the top contenders after two or three years out of the cage, it's just not going to be a successful night for you because uh, you, you look at recent fighters, the division's moved on. There's there's like fresh blood and young hungry fighters coming through and working their way up the rankings. And again, it's, it's going to be a tough night at the office for Julian Marquez to say the least. Don't get me wrong about that, but... He's just so explosive. He's got a lot of finishes under his belt. I mean, they don't call him the Cuban Missile Crisis for nothing. (laughs) A lot of hard, brutal finishes under his belt. And obviously that that loss to um, to Chicrio Chicrio about two two and a bit years ago will play on his mind. It was a split decision with Maki Patolo. He's not in the best of runs himself. So obviously coming off of that loss to Impica Sagni, by unanimous decision and then before that to Darren Stewart via some guaranteed submission so I think with Julian Marquez's ability on the feet and just his sheer explosiveness he'll have the the height advantage and I think that'll play a big factor going into this fight I think Julian will control the fight on the feet and potentially get the stoppage in the second alright but you're not gonna you're not betting it you're just leaning that way got it yeah I'm, yeah. I'm leaning that way I probably wouldn't bet yeah. at all I'm going to lean this one too. I think Marquez does win the fight. Uh, I just can't quite get there. So it's a lean for me on Marquez mm-hmm. as well. All right, Mason, what else you got? Um, I've got two more fights. Like look of, uh, the first one is Diego Lima and Bilal Mohamed. I think this one is a real close one, I believe. Both guys are good on the feet and on the floor. And I think this, to me, it may not seem it with the odds, but to me, this one feels a bit of a coin toss fight. Any guy could win Ooh. on on a no. on a night. I I I think so. Um, 
and I'm I'm not sure how you guys are going to react to this, but I've got Diego Lima via decision on this one. There's always one. Yeah, I told you that's why I went to the restroom before we did it because I don't want to shit myself when I hear what Mason had to say. Well, yeah, I, I just, I, I've just, I've just. I've just edged this one to Lima. I think both guys could have won this fight. Okay. Uh, Lima is plus 330. Mm-hmm. Muhammad is minus 431. Wow. James, you want to you jump on Lima? Do you want to jump on Lima at all? Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just leave it like that. I mean, below is just going to pick him apart for the full 15 minutes. I don't see anyone getting the finish in this one. I mean, he's a huge, heavy favorite going into this fight Mohammed for a reason and you look at Diego Lima I, I just I, I don't know I think Bilal's fought the higher level of competition as of late and he hasn't lost in over two years so I, I just don't understand why you're going for a Diego Lima on this one because Bilal over like, recent like times has established himself you, oh Christ I mean <laughs> Mohammed's established himself as the top 15 contender in recent times and mm-hmm. you can't really fault him I mean Lima going into this one, he obviously will have the height and the reach advantage. So, you know, maybe that could play a factor, but I've got back Muhammad all the way by decision. Yeah, I like where your head's at. I mean, plus 333, or plus 330, excuse me, is, is a hell of a, it's a good payout. Uh, I, I, I'd i love to follow you. I just don't, I don't know that it has much of a chance. Uh, so, I mean, I'll lean that way. I'll lean Lima. Let's, I'll lean him, but <laughs> I think you're all by yourself on this one, Mason. I'm I'm used to that on this show. I, 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 you know. <laughs> the line between genius and madness, right? It's very thin. Indeed. As long as I will I will say this, as long as um Ben Cartledge ain't on the judge. There's <laughs> always a dig there somewhere. It always. All right. You got one more? Yeah, I've got one more. Um, it's the first fight of the whole night, I believe. Jillian Robertson and Miranda Maverick. I'm not the biggest fan of Mar- Robertson, but as we see in Miranda Maverick last time out, the fight against Liliana Joju, or I believe it was, ended up getting stopped by a doctor stoppage due to a cut caused by Maverick. And I just, she's just so vicious with her striking. And I think it's going to be a real tough night for Gillian Robertson. I think if Miranda Maverick can use her striking to the best of her ability and not get taken down, I think, I think this is her, her fight to lose. But I don't see it. Um, I don't see her losing this fight. To be honest with you, I've I've, I've got uh, Miranda Maverick by decision. I just think she's going to control the fight for fifteen minutes on the feet and use her striking greatly. All right, James, you on this one? No, I totally agree. I don't. I don't think we'll see a finish in this one. But again, I'm alluding to Mason's comment just then. I totally agree. I think Miranda has this fight as long as she doesn't get taken down by Jillian Robertson. If she can control pace on the feet and you know get the job done by a couple of strikes and landing the heavier blows and outpointing Robertson then you know it's just all the signs are pointing towards a Robertson, um, Maverick victory in this one I just think she she has the ability just to sort of pick Robertson apart I, I, again you tend to see with these prelim you know whether it be women's featherweight strawweight bantamweight whatever fight that you, you won't you rarely see a finish unless it's like a, a hard wrestler submitting her opponent in the first round these uh, prelim women female fighters tend to go the distance but I could be wrong in this one but if Maverick can sort of outpoint her and keep the fight standing she's on the six fight win streak right now she's an absolute killer she's got the reach advantage and that will play a factor for the predominantly known striker 
I'm also pointing towards Miranda Maverick win by decision on this one for me. But you're just leaning that way. You don't want to bet it. No, I probably won't, but I'm probably I'm confident in that decision. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm leaning that way too with Miranda Maverick. I think she does win. Decisions always scare me, especially if Herb Dean walks out you know, as the ref. <laughs> Uh, so now I'm going to, I'm going to lean with you, Mason. I'm going to uh, lean, uh, Maverick here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got this a little bit closer, a little bit closer. This might actually be another co- uh, coin flip. I mean, Maverick's minus 135. Roberts Robertson is plus 117. It's right. Th- it's right there. I take it. You don't think it's as close as Diego Lima and Bilal Muhammad. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's not that close. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if you're all done, I got one fight I wanted to ask you guys about. Gabriel Green, Philip Rowe. Uh, Gabriel Green's minus 131 right now. So not a huge, huge favorite, but I have him coming out and probably absolutely dominating the fight. So I wanted to throw a few bucks on Gabriel Green minus 131. What do you guys think? It's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because with Philip Rowe, he's, this will be his UFC debut. I think he came yeah. through by the contender series against Lohan Shabazian. The only fight Gay Green's had in the UFC was against Daniel Rodriguez and he lost by a comfortable decision. It's, again, this is from what I'm saying, this is going to be a really close fight. Um, I think with Philip Rowe, you look at the two fighters when it comes to the height and the reach. Rowe's six for three and Green's five ten and Philip Rowe has a significant uh, reach advantage over Gay Green. Mm-hmm. And I think if he can use that to sort of control the distance and control the pace, then maybe we'll see a Philip Rowe victory because, again, he came through the contender series. This is UFC debut on the big pay-per-view card. He's going to want to impress the masses. So I can only... I'm probably going to go for a Philip Rowe victory on this one. Oh. You know, he's going to have a successful debut. You know, that they may come as a shock, but um, I think it's, it's a toss-up. It'll either be a late finish or uh, he'll outstrike Gay Green on points and get the decision victory. So I'll probably go for third round TKO just because of, you know, the height and the reach advantage. He's very well-rounded on his feet. I could just, um, again, I'm pointing towards Philip Rowe on this one. It's, it really is a tough one though. Again, as the mo- the majority say on this one, it's a pick and fight. It's yeah. very brutal wherever the fight goes really on the mat or on the feet. What about you, Mason? I agree with James on this one. I think it's got the... I think this could be a, a very competitive fight, but I just think Philip Rowe's going to have Gabe's number in this one. As we know, last time out, he, well, Philip defeated Leon Shabazian in the contender series. And again, speak about ring rust, it's been, I think it'll be coming up to near 18 months since Philip Rose last stepped in the cage. And it's not as long as other fighters, but that 18 months could play factor, but... I don't see it happening with Philip Rowe. With all, well, he lost his first two professional MMA fights, and since then, he's just been on a tear within the MMA. He's finished. Well, I'm just looking on his record now. He's finished every one of his fights via TKO or submission, and that that's going to play a factor in this fight. I think if I was going to, I'm going to lean this fight, but if I was going to bet, I would bet a Philip Rowe TKO win. Sorry, I had to sneeze. Had to mute. <laughs> All right, so you guys are fading me. Not not betting, but you're fading me on the leans. I like this. Every time you two tell me not to do something, it works out really <laughs> well for me. I'm well, not going to pull that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So that's it. Thoughts overall? Pretty good card. Not quite so good card, James. 
yeah overall I, I don't know so for a pay-per-view card it's bang average but yeah. um, again the main event's going to be a real cracker so can't really wait for it which will eventually set up, set us up nicely for the next pay-per-view card between uh, Jan Blahovic and Israel Adesanya oh yeah that's going to be a fun one Mason what are your thoughts overall card um, on paper it's not the most exciting but looking at some of the fights I think it's going to be quite a few finishes so I'm really looking forward to this one and as James says it leads us up nicely to the next pay-per-view which is no doubtedly unless the UFC pulls something great out of the bag going to be pay-per-view of the year on nice. paper nice I'm excited for that alright you guys are still doing sports sesh correct 100% yeah James you showing up for that you just you just you're, you're running off to do radio spots yeah sorry I've had a couple of calls recently I mean some, uh, someone leaked my phone number and I've become a bit of a celebrity now in my local area so I've had to put Sports Search podcast on hold oh okay there you go <laughs> alright so I'll be back good links in the description Mason's been getting some good guests so you definitely want to check that out 100% alright guys go away thanks Arch take care mate Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents.